Welcome to this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast on this 17th of September 2019. Of course, I'm your host, Surreal Gerald Quinn, and we're back again. Um, Listen, things happen. Things happen with technology. You just got, you know, you brought them in broadcasting this podcast for 12 years, been working various radio stations for 13 years now, I'm getting old, stuff happens, you can only get up, you, like, I, if I was 28, if I was 35, 31, 23, yeah, maybe I, you know, I don't know, maybe I just wouldn't be doing a podcast tonight, I wouldn't, maybe I wouldn't, but you know what? I say to myself, why? Why stress? Why, you know, why call, you know, just, hey, deal with it. Just deal with it. This is, it's okay. We're back here. We're real doing podcasts. Um, I wasted, what, how many minutes of quality material? Uh, what, nine and a half minutes? It's cool. We're here. And... We're going to do this podcast through, you know, sink or swim. It's going, this podcast is going to happen tonight. It's going to happen tonight. So, uh, we're here on, again, 17th of September as we, you know, head towards a uh, very uh, interesting uh, time in regards to this world of sports. you got a lot going on, a lot on the horizon. Football is in full swing. With the NFL and college, they have a huge weekend of college football this week, just on Saturday. Some big time matchups, some classic matchups, um, top ten, uh, top uh, top ten battle, top seven battle, Notre Dame and Georgia. That's good, you know. That should be uh, that should be a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, plenty of time to talk about. Uh, plenty of time to talk about that. Uh, we're going to um, begin with the NFL. And with the, as always, we are broadcasting here on my my YouTube channel, live here. Check it out anytime. Real Deal Podcast. We'll be posting this uh, also via Block Talk Radio as well. Um, so be on the lookout for that you know, in, in a couple of hours or so. Uh, normally, the, the podcast hit YouTube, you know, 20. 15, 20, 30 minutes, 30 minutes at the most, 20, 15, 25 minutes after. Rock Talk Radio will take a little longer, a couple hours, but you'll be able to find us regardless of, you know, regardless of which platform you uh, you choose to uh, check out the podcast. Again, I appreciate subscribers, all your views, all your support. Agree, disagree. Um, I'm glad to have you with me here on, on this uh, Tuesday evening. we begin with the NFL. And the C change that is at the quarterback position, uh, a lot going on in regards to injuries, um, benchings, and you know we're talking about basically a who's who's list of guys that you will not see starting quarterback in 2019, or you won't see for the foreseeable future. Drew Brees will be back in you know they hope six weeks. But we'll begin with Eli Manning. Manning, of course, as expected, um, will be backing up, at least for now, uh, Daniel Jones, number one pick 
for the Giants. No, the Giants number one pick uh, out of Duke, a guy who you know had a pretty good preseason. Again, I don't put too much stock into that. Um, very controversial pick to say the least back in back in uh, April with the draft, and it's his team now. Uh, it's Daniel Jones's team. They turn over the keys to him. Um, it was only a matter. It was only a matter of time before this happened. Uh, they this one this makes a lot more sense by far than the last situation. The last Eli Manning benching. You know, when you bench for a guy who we know, if anybody pays pay attention to that, knew had no chance to be the future of the Giants or of any other franchise. Okay, so this one makes a lot, this one makes, you know, this one was going to happen. Um, Eli Manning, I guess the question for Eli Manning is where will he end up? Um, there are some teams that, look, you're Pittsburgh, give them a look. I mean, I'm not giving, you don't, you don't have to give up a lot to get Eli Manning, trust me. I, I, you, I, I think, man, you can get him for like a third, third round pick. You know, yeah, I mean, you, any decent general manager is not giving up more than a third round pick to get, like, to get Eli Manning at this stage of his career. Um, I think if you know, it'll be tough. Eli has one year left on his contract, 2019. Then he'll be outright free agent. It's been talked about, you know, the Giants probably, you know, should should go out there and just outright release him. But I, you know. I would. There's always. It always takes is one dummy. As all it takes is one dummy uh, who thinks that maybe Eli can be the difference between them and uh, going to a Super Bowl with the talent around them. I or just somebody who just is trying to make a move just for the sake of making a move. Again, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it if I were. Uh, if I were a giant, I mean, if I was a team, I, I wouldn't go after Eli myself. But again, all it, all it takes is one is, is one team. So you, I mean, you, you know, I, I expect Eli to be on the Giants for a couple of weeks. I don't think they'll release him myself. I think they, I think they will actually try to move him. Somebody will make a call. All it takes is one. Somebody will make a call. Try to make a, make a call. Um, inquiring about him. But um, I, I don't think that they will uh, outright release him. They don't have to. Remember, Eli Manning, this idea that, you know, Eli Manning is not going to be a distraction. He's he's it's cla he's class personified. He's not going to be a guy that that he he will do it. He's the type that will do anything that will help out Daniel Jones, to be honest with you. That would be kind of like as much of a mentor as he can be um, without getting, getting in the way. Eli Manning has been a class act um, from day one since he uh, started. Um, regardless of what you may think of him in terms of what happened with, on draft day, and not you know you know with the Manning family not forcing his way out of San Diego and not getting drafted by San Diego turned out to be the right move because they did win two Super Bowls in, in New York. So turned that turned out to be the right move. Uh, regardless of how much, regardless of what you think about, uh, you know, uh, of that situation back in 2004, but um, Eli Manning will be fine as a giant for the rest of the year. 
in regards to nah, he's not gonna get in the way of Daniel Jones. That's just not gonna happen. Um, he's just not that type of personality. He's not. He's gonna take this like a man. He's gonna take this like a pro. And Daniel, you know, will do what he he'll you know will just sit back and keep it moving and be ready to play if Daniel Jones gets hurt. Um, so if I'm if I'm the Giants, I just let the contract run out. Um, he's gonna make what twenty close to twenty million dollars. You're not going anywhere in 2019 anyway. Uh, you the rebuilding process, you know, has already begun with the Giants, and you know this is something that was going to happen. Uh, I'm not going to get into the nonsense of debating where or not Eli's a Hall of Fame. Anybody, anybody doesn't believe he's a Hall of Fame, then I just don't. Just, your opinion on football just doesn't matter to me. I, I'm not going to sit there like that. Guy is a Super Bowl, two times Super Bowl MVP, not one, but two times Super Bowl MVP, and has has been one of the most durable players, durable quarterbacks in NFL history. So he has the hardware. He has again durability, which, as we learned this weekend, is still you know the most important thing that you can have at that position. I don't care how talented you are, you have to be you have to be on the field. So I'm not going to even entertain that debate or argument. Where he's not, you can look at his postseason record. You can look at his durability. You look at you can look at his uh, his two Super Bowl rings and his two MVP trophies and twice the two times that he outplayed Tom Brady in both games. So, I mean that that speaks for itself. I think that the question for you know in terms of Eli Manning, will he play again uh, on another team? Does he want to play past 2019? Um, I haven't heard him talk retirement. I haven't, you know, again, he's getting up there. Came into, you know, 2004 was a long time ago. He's a part of that fame. Now, one of the, I think, probably the second greatest quarterback class of all time. I mean, you can make, I mean, to be honest with you, in terms of accomplishments, you can make the case that the 2004 quarterback class is the greatest. I know 84 had more names. You know, Marino, with uh, the Marino, Jim Kelly, and, and they, had a, they had a number of, uh, you know, uh, Marino, Jim Kelly, um, that Vaughn class '84. It was, a, it was a number. It was a ton of guys. But I, in terms of accomplishments, I mean, you have four Super Bowls between Roethlisberger and uh, and Eli Manning. And Philip Rivers is a Hall of Famer. Period. Uh, you can say what you want. He's Philip Rivers is going to the Hall of Fame. So that's three Hall Lock Hall of Fames. Lock Hall of Fame is right there. Three guys are definitely going to Hall of Fame. I, I, I'm not. I think there's a legit argument between the class of '84, uh, the class of '84 versus the class of 2004. I, I didn't think anybody would be able to touch, would be able to touch that '84 uh, class. But uh, this class, I mean, again, the '84 class is deeper, probably deeper. But as far as accomplishments, as far as quality at the top, I might, have, I might have to lean towards towards 2004. But regardless, the Giants have their quarterback, have a new quarterback in play, and that was just, you know, that was just basically a cap off what transpired on Sunday this weekend um, and where the quarterback position is going uh, moving forward in, in 2019. I mean, it, listen, you have guys who are on their way out. I mean, even guys who are still playing at a high level. You know, Breeze gets hurt 
he's out six weeks. Roethlisberger's out the season. Brady's not getting any younger. Aaron Rodgers is not getting any younger. Philip Rivers is not getting any younger. All those teams are all contending teams. We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see about Green Bay, but we know that once San Diego gets healthy, they'll be a contender. New England is New England. Um, but the bottom line is, you have a um, a number of young quarterbacks who are now starting to take. You know, I'm not going to say take command of the league, but who are now have to be paid have to be paid attention to. Uh, Kyler Murray. Patrick Mahomes is the best player in the league right now to me. Uh, I just know I, I would, if I'm starting a team, I'm starting with Patrick Mahomes. Non-quarterbacks, I go with Aaron Donald. But, you know, Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott. Um, we talked about again with Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson. So it is a, a fresh crop. Now Daniel Jones is going to start. Haskins is next as far as who's going to start next, as far as that next guy the next young quarterback to start for uh, for a bad team. He's, Haskins, we're going to be on uh, Dwayne Haskins' watch for the next couple of weeks. He'll be, you know, uh, I, again, I'll, I'll predict sometimes early October. I would say first or second week of October. Um, if you're watching, you can't punt on the season after two games. You just, you know, they have too many, couple of veteran players on that team. We have a lot, we have a lot of pride, you know, Kerrigan. Josh Norman, so you, you don't, you know, even to a much lesser extent, Adrian Peterson, as he's just not, you know, not getting respected. Uh, but that's a whole other story. But they, they have too many guys, they have too many veteran players to actually to just outright punt on the season. So, but Haskins is going to play um, sooner than later. I mean, he, again, I'll give it, you know, three, three or four weeks at the most, maybe three weeks. But um, there's a, without question, a sea change of new quarterbacks. And it's one of the reasons why, you know, coming into the season, in terms of both college and pro, I really was focusing, was going to be focused in on these up-and-coming guys, not even in the pros yet, like, but these guys in college that are still in college, where it was uh, Tula Tugavaluva, Trevor Lawrence, Jake Fromm, you know, Herbert out of, um, out of Oregon, you know, just to name, just to name, you know, that's just to name the guys at the top. Um, then, you know, the kid out of Texas A.M., uh, it, people, you know, people like him a lot. I got to see more about him. I'm not quite sure he's on that. He's definitely not on that level. But from Tuka Valuva, Trevor Lawrence, um, those guys are going to be top five, top ten picks. So, you know, and, and again, those days of guys sitting and waiting, those days are done. Those days are over in NFL. NFL, you draft a guy to be drafted by a guy in the first round or even early second round. That man, you're gonna expect that he plays, and you're gonna expect that he plays right away. Like it's no, you're not waiting for. I mean, you're not waiting anymore for those guys. He, that guy's gonna. You're gonna expect that that guy is playing right away. Um, they want to get these guys in, so they, I mean, because the idea is like the, the idea is that you. As we, oh, we're on Facebook. Okay, we're on Instagram Live. It was, it was acting up for a couple minutes. So we are, we are, we're doing double duty. See, that's what happens when you get a fire alarm and it cuts one show off. You start getting ideas and thoughts and you looking at, basically looking at three screens right now. Or two screens, two, two and a half screens. But it's fine. I Welcome to my, hello to my Instagram 
followers out there, and um, hope you, you know, enjoy your Tuesday. Of course, YouTube, we're always here all the time in terms of our podcast, but these um, teams are not waiting for these quarterbacks to develop. Like, to me, an ideal situation would be a guy, you know, has a veteran guy ahead of him, he waits two years, and then, you know, he learns by that, by year three, after some uh, two years of, of grooming, he's ready to play. Those days are long gone. I mean, long gone. And again, these teams don't even care about the opposite lines anymore in regards to these guys. These guys coming in are taking a pounding. It's one of the reasons why Andrew Luck is currently retired. Retired. And if it doesn't, if it's if it continues like this, Deshaun Watson could be headed toward that. Uh, Headed toward that fate as you know, he's gone eight straight games, getting sacked four times, which, which never should happen. Never should happen. I mean, there are not even that many good quality pass rushers, pass rushing teams in, in the league for that to happen. And so that that is just insane that he's been uh, sacked that many times. And you're talking about a guy who is, without question, your franchise player, even more so than than Justin Watt. Um, so, uh, you know, J.J. Watt, I say Justin, I'll speak J.J. Watt, then um, J.J. Watt. So, uh, these guys are coming in right away, they're expected to play, it's sink or swim time, sink or swim time for, these, uh, for these, a lot of these younger players, um, and again, some of them, we've seen, you know, you can add Baker Mayfield to that mix, there are, there's some talent, there's a number of talented young quarterbacks out there right now. It really is. And, I, you know, I didn't include Jameis Winston in that mix because I don't think Jameis, I think mentally Jameis Winston might be done. Like, if, he, if Jameis Winston can't do anything with Bruce Arians, who's a offensive quarterback guru, then it's just not going to happen. It's just not. So I, 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 I should have included him in that mix because he's still extremely young. Still very young. But, um, Right now, like again in the NFL, you have what I mean. You're, you're seeing a not a complete because Brady is still Brady, New England is still New England. But you know, Patrick Mahomes wins the Super Bowl this year, which is very much possible with Kansas City and the, that offense, the way the offense can score, can score. You're gonna you're gonna see a almost a complete changing of the quarterback guard. It's happen. It's happening as we speak right now. It's happening. So. Again, something to, uh, again, something to um, well, it's part of the NFL. It's part of the NFL. Um, you know, you see a Drew Brees gets hurt. You see, see when you see a Brees, when you see a Brees goes, the way Brees goes down, went down, and you see what happened with Roethlisberger, it should make you appreciate, if you're a Giant fan, it should make you appreciate Eli Manning that much more. Because Eli Manning was never hurt. And again, I'm not knocking Breeze or, or Roethlisberger if they get injured. It can, it can happen at any time in the NFL, especially at that position. But you can't just dismiss the fact that Eli Manning is durability. I mean, he, he, the guy didn't miss a game due to injury. I don't believe he has missed a game due to injury. So uh, that is one, that's an aspect that you just can't, you can't dismiss at all. I mean, this guy... Week in, week out, year in, year out, uh, has been has been there to answer the bell. And again, it's almost impossible. I don't care 
how big, strong you are. I don't care how athletic you're. Well, that athleticism doesn't matter. Doesn't matter from that standpoint. Those, those guys get knocked around. You know, RG three and, and Michael Vick used to get knocked around all the time. Those guys. Uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter in terms of size or strength or athleticism. Chances are, you play that position, you're going to get hurt. This is going to happen. And, you know, you can sit up here, Giant fans will sit up here and cry and bitch and moan like Eli Manning. You know, Eli not this, Eli not that. Well, you know what? Before Eli came along, you had won a Super Bowl, what, and since 1990. Okay. Since 1990. You had one of the most gratifying wins in NFL history. Maybe the most gratifying win in NFL history and beating the Patriots. 18, 18, the 18-0 Patriots. In 2007, that was as gratifying of an NFL win as as there has ever been. It does not happen without Eli Manning. His playoff record speaks for itself. So, let me pick. You know, he'll he will he won't be a giant for long. He won't be a giant. We know that he's not going to be a giant pass this year. They may release him. He could be traded. But if you're a giant fan and you don't recognize this guy as a Hall of Fame player, you don't recognize him as one of the all-time great Giants. Then you know what? You just, you just, you just stupid. You're just dumb as a sports fan. You're just dumb. And again, you're going to see a lot of people, a lot of people in the next couple of days. You know, the quote-unquote talking heads go out their way to take shots at Eli Manning. You know, look at his regular season record. You know, look at his numbers. They're going to look at um, his recent history. Which hasn't been good, but they're gonna if they're, they're, doing, they're taking that angle, you're taking you're doing it. You are just missing the forest from the trees, and you're not. You have to look at the whole entire body of work with with one Eli Manning. That was basically the theme for again week. It was a brutal week week two for the quarterbacks. Uh, some of the assessments from the older guys. Um, we're going to go through the games now. Um, it was a pretty good week, two uh, of games. We'll begin with, uh, with some of the guys, with some of the teams that we consider, I consider contenders. New England, you know, New England's New England, 43-0 over Miami. Miami is one of the worst regular seasons. Miami might be one of the worst teams I've ever seen in the last, maybe the last 15 years. I Like, what the, the year the Detroit was... Yeah, Detroit was 0-16 and 0-7. I think 0-8, Detroit was 0-16. New England, uh, Miami is, is Miami might actually be worse. But again, don't I'm not knocking Miami. If you're not competing for a championship, if you have no court, if you don't have a quarterback, this is the this is really your only option. This is really your only option. I mean, tanking, um, they're gonna. They have multiple draft first round picks. Um, again, it's not the idea. It's not a culture that you want. We saw that. You know, sometimes it, it can go. It can go wrong. Uh, the Sixers had a number of first round draft picks, and it took the Sixers forever, seemingly. And you know, they struck. You know, they hit the lottery with Embiid and Simmons. But we'll see what we'll see what comes about with that. But I like I, my thing about tanking is. It's hard to disguise it, but it's it's hard. The NBC is one thing to do it in, in Major League Baseball or even the NBA, 
But in, in pro football, it's very difficult to sell tanking to guys who are playing or who, you know, are playing for their jobs, for coaches who are coaching for their jobs. So it's very hard to sell that. It's sell tanking to the, to the, uh, to in, the, in the NFL. But it's clear what's, what's going on in Miami. And I'm not, I'm not mad at them for it. Like Miami's not going anywhere. Like what? Like you think is Miami? Is Miami supposed to go out and get uh, sign a bunch of decent over overpay a bunch of free agent guys with no quarterback? I mean, but it, it makes it makes zero sense. So they go down to New England in a game. By the way, forty three nothing. New England was New England didn't even play well. Like that was New England's C game. If New England really brought their A game, it could have been uh, you know seventy or nothing. Like New England, that game was actually, it wasn't close. But that game, New England had like 14, scored two late defensive touchdowns. That game, if New England would have had pedal to the metal, that game could have been worse. New England, New England treated that game as a scrimmage, as a practice. That was like an intra-squad, you know, blue versus white type game for the uh, Patriots. But the Antonio Brown makes his debut, four catches, 56 yards, a touchdown. Again, I have not been overly impressed with Tom Brady this year. Uh, it's been underreported. People are, won't, are not talking about it. People, you know, there are people who actually believe, think that uh, there's been some whispers that New England could possibly go, go undefeated this year. It's, it's not going to happen. The schedule is way too hard. And they have a five-game stretch where they'll, they'll lose two games. They, I mean, they have 14-2, and 13-3 written all of them. They'll be a top-two seed, and they'll be, you know, legitimate Super Bowl contenders. But they're not. This is not, this is not the 2007 Patriots. It's not. Like Tom Brady is not the same player he was in 2007. He's not. He was at a all-time. That was vintage peak Tom Brady. He's not peak Tom Brady anymore. He's very good, and I think right now, I think you're, you, what you're seeing right now to me with New England is just Bill Belichick and his just complete mastery of general managing, coaching. Psychology, psychology with that, and the the culture. Like you're seeing, Bill. This is vintage Bill Belichick right now. What you're seeing with that franchise. We lose Gronkowski, cool. Um, we lose the offensive lineman, okay, we're good. Like Bill, this is Bill Belichick, and I think part of this once, I think part of Belichick wants Brady to fall off just a smidge, not enough to where they can't win, but just enough to be like. For, for Bill Belichick to not come out and say it, but to basically be able to kind of like flex his muscles, so to speak, without 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 saying, it, but just just give us just to say, hey, this last championship, this this seventh ring, this was me. Or as a matter of fact, these last two rings, because that that was that the MVP of that game in the Super Bowl was Bill Belichick. His game plan. Uh, we didn't need Sean McVay to tell us that he got out coached by Belichick. We tens of millions of people could watch who watch the game. However, you know, 85, 90 million people who actually watch the game know that Bill Belichick put on a coaching clinic against Sean McVay, who I like, by the way. I think McVay great office of mine. But um, Belichick, uh, I mean, if Belichick had his brothers, Garofalo would be his quarterback right now. But it might even end up working out even better for Belichick. If you get a, if you, if Brady has a year similar, similar to say, Peyton Manning did when Peyton Manning won his last Super Bowl. Now again, I don't think Brady has shown any signs of, of falling off to you know falling off the cliff. Like Manning in 2015, his last year, 
was a horrible player. He was bad. I mean, he they won the Super Bowl in spite of Peyton Manning that year. To be honest, it was all about Von Miller. That that was that all that defense was, was an all time great defense for that year. That defense, the running game, Wade Phillips said like that that was not Peyton Manning. But if if, if Brady is you know. 20, you know, 23 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, top 10, top 12 quarterback, not top five or nowhere near being all, all pro, pro bowl caliber. That is, that is Bill Belichick. That's another, that's a notch on the Bill Belichick belt as he needs any more, more notches on his belt. But that, cause I can see Belichick saying, okay, I want to Garofalo, but you know what? You and, you know, Kraft and Tom Brady. Okay, you're good. We'll, we'll see how this turns out. So, they do what they do. Uh, 43 nothing. You also had what's supposed to be what's, what was supposed to be the game of the week, but turned out to be a dud because of Drew Brees' injury. Uh, the Rams doing what they absolutely should have had to do and should have did, and that's take out uh, New Orleans 27-9. Again, the, the juice of this game, the, the you know this game. You know the the air out was let out of this game. As soon as Drew Brees gets got got injured, uh, again New Orleans catches a, another tough break, a bad break from the officials. But to me, it wouldn't have made a difference. Uh, the Rams were going to win that game. Um, now again, this game was much bigger for the Rams. Um, you have to take care of home field in season, especially with the head to head, and you have to take advantage of the fact that Drew Brees. Got hurt. Breeze, of course, is going to be out with a thumb injury for six weeks. Uh, looking at New Orleans' schedule, they have they're at Seattle, home to Dallas, Tampa Bay, at Jacksonville, uh, at Chicago, home to Arizona. Three and three is not out of the question. More than likely, they'll be two and four. But three and three, three and three is not out of the question. It's not. It really is. It, I, I, I like. I've been. I was a, a Teddy Bridgewater fan. I think Bridgewater again. He had he wasn't good against the Rams. That is a I mean, I mean Aaron Donald. That's you know that is a excellent defensive line that the, that the Rams have um, on the road. Tough spot. Not taking not taking any reps for the most part in practice. So I, I gotta give him a pass on that. There've always been there's already been some whispers of Taysom Hill come Taysom Hill. Uh, Sean uh, Sean Payton likes Hill a lot. Um, so we'll see. I wouldn't be surprised if, if Richwood got off to a slow start that you saw Taysom, uh, Taysom Hill, like say in the second half or maybe in the second quarter. Peyton is not a guy to that will hesitate on ter in terms of making a move. Um, but I, I feel like their best chance is by far to me, Teddy Bridgewater. I, I'm not, I've never been that big a fan of Hill, uh, from the pocket. And I think Bridgewater is clearly the better guy, the, the better pure passer from the pocket without question. He just has to get his sea legs under him. hasn't played in a while. He's used to just getting hit again. But um, again, that, that's a devastating injury to say at least for New Orleans. Again, and Breeze, listen, Breeze has, you know, there were question marks about Breeze during. Um, that's one of the reasons why San Diego. And, and listen, Rivers was eventually going to become the quarterback. But one of the reasons why there weren't a lot of teams after Breeze was was that you know that shoulder that rotator cup. And he's been, frankly, one of the most durable quarterbacks ever since he got to New Orleans um, in 06. I mean, he has been, you know, and a guy, we're talking about a guy who's barely six foot, 
you know, not a big guy, not, you know, not somebody who's physically, by any stretch of imagination, physically imposing like that, but he's never injured. He's never hurt, ever. There have been years where Breeze has taken a beating. You know, the offensive line just recently got decent in the last couple of years. And Breeze, and Breeze had a couple of years where he, you know, got the shit knocked out. But uh, he's down for six weeks. That, you know, the NFC, uh, for the most part, I, you know, you have your teams at the top of the NFC. I think New Orleans will be fine for the most part. It'll be the question will be what you know what, what is going to look like um, when Breeze gets back, and also how good is the NFC West? Is Seattle or Seattle and San Francisco as good as their records right now? Uh, I know they've played. You know, Seattle hasn't. Seattle's been okay. I think Seattle. I mean, Seattle usually could be zero two. Um, and that's when, you know, Seattle, they were able to get a, a nice, a great, nice win over Pittsburgh, 28-26. to uh, This was a game that, again, Roethlisberger, you know, forget about it, and no other storyline matters, but the fact that Roethlisberger is out for the season, uh, you had Russell Wilson doing what he needed to do. Um, Seattle, again, you'll take the win on the road. That's a game, that's a game against Seattle that you just, sometimes in the NFL, a lot of times that those types of uh, games fall in your lap. You know, quarterback gets hurt. You got to take advantage of it. Give Seattle credit. They take advantage of it. 28 to 26. Pittsburgh season is over. Um, I think Pittsburgh best Pittsburgh's best course of action they're going to see to me would be to see what you have, see what you have in Mason Rudolph and go from and Mason Rudolph and go from there. Um, I don't think you know. I watched my Oklahoma State. I, there's some nice things. I, I don't see franchise quarterback, but you might as well. Now's the perfect time to see what you have moving forward. Um, who knows whether or not Roethlisberger will be on will be on the team next year in terms of just outright. You know, Roethlisberger has been basically flirting with retirement the last uh, two or three years, or what have you. I, that could have been. It 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 cannot. It's conceivable that that could have been the last. Game of Ben Roethlisberger's career. And I do not, don't be surprised if Roethlisberger retires. Now, I'm not trying to, you know, give you a hot take or break any news here, but don't be surprised. That That is definitely in play with him. Especially looking at that team right now with uh, just so many question marks on the opposite end and the defense, you know, it might be time. You know, it could be time that it could be time to blow the whole thing up. To be honest with you, I just thought about this like right now, like Mike Tomlin, and I'm a Tomlin fan. I know, I, I know he could do some questionable stuff, but the his record is what it is. And you want to knock, you want to say he should have won at least one more Super Bowl, maybe two. Okay, it's fair. But there are a lot of guys who don't don't have one. There are a lot of guys who haven't been, who definitely haven't led their teams to you know two Super Bowl, having two Super Bowl appearances. Uh, unfortunately, he's been in the same conference with Bill Belichick. You know, you can, uh, you know, Lenny Wilkins was in the same conference as Phil Jackson, and, and Pat Riley at times was in, you know, when Phil Jackson with the Bulls, nobody won in the Eastern Conference uh, once they started winning. So sometimes that's how it is in sports. Um, but uh, Tomlin would be out of job for about two seconds if, if, if Pittsburgh did decide to go in a different direction. I'm not saying Tomlin should be fired. I'm just saying that, you know, you can be with a franchise. You know, Bill Par- you know, the great Bill Parcells used to say all the time, 10 years is 
kind of where the rubber meets the road for a head coach in, in, in the NFL. So it could it could just be time to just move on to, to just blow the entire thing up. It really it really could, but we know Pittsburgh is is the kings of stability uh, as a franchise. You know, three coaches, forty plus years. Uh, they're not going to make any. They're not going to make any panic moves. Um, I believe Tomlin does have job security, and I'm not advocating that he should be fired. But um, you know, Pittsburgh is in a place of they are, they are without question for the first time in a long time, in a long time at a crossroads. Maybe since Tomlin before Tomlin got hired, they are at, at, at an absolute crossroads right now. That's it. This season is over. Um, and you know we'll see what, what you know, we'll see what, how they play. We'll see what they, you know we'll see what the rest of the season looks like. You know they've never been in this position like this before, where they really don't have a chance to compete. Like they don't have a chance right now. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, Kansas City twenty-eight, Oakland ten. This game really was about the second quarter, as. Kansas City turned a 10-0 deficit into a 28-10 route, you know, before you could just blink your eyes in the second quarter. Um, this offense is, is like, historically good, historically great as far as the talent, the execution, the schemes. Um, there's no – like, there's no defense for, for Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you saw what Tom Brady – you saw what New England – did to the Rams versus what happened against Kansas City in that playoff game. You know, when you go conference championship to Super Bowl, there was no comparisons. I don't care. You can give uh, Bill Belichick five years. He could not stop that offense. He could not. They they cannot. No one can stop this offense. There's not a defense in the league that can stop this offense. You're talking about a guy in Patrick Mahomes who is operating at full throttle right now. They have players at all positions as far as the skill player, as far as their skill positions, the best tight end in football. Tyreek Hill and Tyreek Hill didn't even play. So, you know, when did they get him back? But they have great schemes. Um, Andy Reid, you know, you can knock injury all you all you want. All the guy does is win and keep his teams in contention. They are a without question a legit Super Bowl contender. This idea that New England, that Kansas City is not on New England's radar. Level is insane. New Kansas, New England does the one team New England does not want to see in the playoffs is Kansas City. You had you had gave them the true syrup, gun to their head. They said, "Hey, the one team that we don't want to play, quietest cat would be." And I guarantee you, by far and away, of any team in the league, forget about that, AFC or NFC, it will be Kansas City. So, I know the defense isn't great. Um. They should be a contender for Jalen Rams. We'll, we'll talk about that. So Kansas City, absolutely without question, should be a, a contender for for, for the you know the Jalen Ramsey sweepstakes. But that team is scary. That team, that team, that offense is like it is Golden State Warrior like with Kevin Durant. It's Golden State Warrior like it, they can they can turn it on before you blink. They can put up twenty one points in, in, in within a matter of minutes. It does not take long. And I'm telling you right now. They have taken their foot off the throttle in these first two games. They could be putting up, they could easily put 50 on the Raiders. They really, I mean, they really took that. You know, Andy Reid is a class act. 
he's a, you know we, we know he doesn't he doesn't believe in run up scores things like that things of that nature and like I'm, I'm telling you right now Belichick had that offense Belichick had Mahomes <laughs> Belichick would be averaging they'd be averaging like sixty because Belichick would Belichick would just try to just kill everybody uh, destroy everybody I mean he uh, he really would if he had Patrick Mahomes operating the way he's operating with that offense the way it is. They we they would score forty or fifty every single game. Andy Reid, you know, class act, nice, you know, seemingly from the outside in, nice guy. He they they're not they are leaving a lot of points on the on, on the field because they've taken their foot off the gas. In both these first two games, they could have exceeded, could have cracked fifty points easily, easily. I mean, Mahomes, you know, Mahomes had three hundred yards at halftime of of, of last week. You know he's and again that that passing those two two records are going to fall for the, uh, in terms of quarterbacking. Touchdown the touchdown record and the yards record are going to fall this year. For, uh, Mahomes is Mahomes is he's Mahomes stays healthy healthy. He's breaking both those records easily. He's breaking both those records because there's no defending his offense. It's just impossible. They have too many weapons, too many. So. Uh, they are scary good. Again, I it is a toss up between them and New England. I don't care about Antonio Bryan. It's an absolute toss up between Kansas City and New England, without question. Dallas Washington 31, uh, 31 21. This was this game was not anywhere nowhere near as close as the score would have told you. Dallas dominated this game from the second quarter on. Then Washington jumped out seven nothing. Dallas was kind of sloppy in the first quarter. Dak had to, you know, had an interception on the bat on the ball that was thrown behind the receiver. But after that, Dak was rolling. He only had, I think, he only had like four incompletions. He was like twenty six to thirty. Dallas just completely ran over Washington. Had a well over four hundred and seventy five, so one hundred sixty one yards of total offense. Washington did not crack three hundred yards. There's a big problem with, with Washington right now. They cannot run the football. They have 75 total rushing yards in two games. 75. Even in 2019 NFL, that's you can't function that way. I don't care. I don't care how many passes are getting thrown. I don't care who's your quarterback. I don't care what your philosophy is. You got. You have to run the football. I mean, you have to have a semblance of a running game. Like, and especially, especially when you have Case Keenum under center, and especially. When you, uh, when you are when you are built supposedly built around an offensive line now again, the elephant in the in the Washington locker room, <coughs> in the Washington locker room, excuse me, of course, is Trent Williams. I think at this point they should trade Trent Williams, um, just so it's just no longer a distraction. And at least you can get, I feel like you can get at least. 80 cent off the, 80, 75 to 80 cent on the, off the, on the dollar for Trent Williams at this point. He is still a highly regarded player in this league. New England, there was talks that New England was going to give up a first round pick to get him. And I believe that you could still possibly get possibly get a first round pick. You're talking about a left, you're talking about a, talking about a, a guy, left tackle, who is going probably going to the Hall of Fame is still highly regarded in this league. He's still well respected. He is not coming back <coughs> to the Washington uh, football team. I don't think he ever will play again in, in that uniform. So, to me, I would trade him right now just so that you can, you know, again, get the first round, get the extra draft pick. You'll have two first round, two high first round picks next year. 
next year as far as you possibly have two top ten picks, possibly, depending on the team. Or whatever. You have two first. I don't care if the if, if it's I don't care if, if the pick is in the twenties. Um Washington should be, you know, trying to accumulate as many assets as possible. He is not going to play for that team again. Like I, <coughs> I don't see him coming back. Um, he's going this far. Um, he's made, again, Trey Williams is a smart guy. He's made a ton of money. This guy has made a ton of money over the course of his career. He's gotten he's gotten paid a lot of money. Um, and you see a lot of these guys in the NFL who are retiring early. You know, they're just smarter with their money. I mean, these guys are smarter. It's not five years ago. It's not ten years ago. These guys are absolutely smarter with their money as far as investing, saving it, so which is allowing them to uh, walk away while they can still actually walk away. But um, again, um, this game was a you know, a foregone conclusion. I'm not jumping on the Dallas Cowboy bandwagon as as you know the team to beat in the NFC or as a team that can. You know, get to the Super Bowl. I'm gonna slow the brakes on that because as good as they've looked, they've played two teams. They get that again have no chance of making the playoffs, zero chance. They played the bottom feeders and bottom feeders of the division. Um, I think Dallas is a playoff team. Uh, I think Dallas probably will make the playoffs. I still will take Philadelphia over Dallas. To be honest with you, in terms of coaching culture. A healthy Carson Wentz, and just the fact that Dallas doesn't have a history of doing anything when it matters, so they still have to overcome, you know, that, you know, those skeletons. Um, but the offense has been clicking at a high level. The defense has done enough against two offenses. Again, these offenses, the Giant offense, the Washington offense, are, are are mediocre offenses. To be honest with you, they're absolutely mediocre offenses. So. I'm, I just pump the brakes on Dallas. Let, let me see them against a playoff caliber team before I, before I get you know before you get excited and want to put them in the Super Bowl. Uh, two teams, um, San Francisco and Buffalo, are interesting right now. They're both two and zero. They both start their seasons on the road with back to back wins. I have more faith in San Francisco than I do Buffalo, mainly because well, two reasons. One. Buffalo is still, you know, the little stepbrothers, a little 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 miniature brothers to New England. They're still in the division of New England, so that they're not winning that division. And San Francisco has a legit franchise quarterback and a legit defense. Both of them have, both of them have good defense. But San Francisco defense is legit. The NFC West all of a sudden you have three teams that are two and I wanna see more about San Francisco. I wanna see more of San Francisco. Again, you go to, I don't care who you play, you start your season 2-0 on the road, it's very difficult, it does not happen that often, and, you know, you don't, you don't, you're not giving those wins back, so I, I give San Francisco credit, and Buffalo credit from that standpoint, uh, San Francisco's defense has been, you know, has been pretty, uh, again, they, they play two opponents that they should handle defensively, uh, defensively, and, um, but again, I, I, I got to give him credit for Cincinnati. Uh, uh, like Cincinnati, can Dalton put up some numbers against Cincinnati? Uh, put, put up numbers against Seattle. San Francisco completely shut down Dalton and Cincinnati in Cincinnati. So uh, I'm not going to knock. I'm not going to knock them for beating a bad team. Uh, again, when you're trying to reestablish your culture, um, 
they'll take anyone. And that's a team that's coming off a season where again lost a quarterback for the season. Um, they've accumulated a number of draft picks over the last three or four or five years. That talent is starting to come out. We'll see. We'll see about we'll see about the 49ers. I'm just hold the brakes. Uh, Green Bay over Green Bay takes out Minnesota 21-16, a game where it was a, basically a tale of two halves. Green Bay come out came out like you know a house on fire in the first quarter, 21 nothing, and then held on for dear life and won 21-16. Green Bay's defense again. I'm not making them the 85 Bears. It is definitely it, without question is much improved. There's still some things about the offense that I don't like that I'm not feeling right now. Though Minnesota is a very good defense, so I'll. They have faced two upper echelon defenses, so I will say that Rodgers has not thrown a pick this year. He does not. He just. He just not turn a guy that that guy just does not turn over the ball. So he still has that going for him. And, and all right now, listen. All right now, all is right in the world of of Lambeau and, and, and Green Bay, Wisconsin. They're two and zero. They have two divisional wins against two teams that they that were that are their rivals rivals in Chicago and Minnesota. But right now. If you're Green Bay, you you know you're doing you are exactly where you want to be on top of the on on top of the, of the division quarterback healthy and an improved defense. Now again, we'll see if the there will be times where the defense is going to struggle. Somebody's going to put thirty on them one one week uh, in a couple of weeks. We'll see if their offense can carry them to a couple wins because they and I don't care how good your defense is, there are going to be some games where. The offense is going to, have to put up thirty. Can the can the Green Bay offense get to that level? We'll see about that. But right now, you have to be impressed so far, so good for um, the Green Bay Packers as they try to get back to the playoffs uh, with the uh, with of course the great Aaron Rodgers. So there you go with the NFL. Um, the game last night. I mean, forget it. like if, if the Cleveland can't beat a depleted Jets, then they should just take the. They can just. You know the season would have been over like that, so I don't make take anything out of that. Philly Atlanta uh, was a was a solid game. It wasn't a great game. Five interceptions between the two quarterbacks. Um, Julio Jones is Julio Jones. Uh, you know the guy. You know I sixty four million dollars. You know certainly I'm sure he has an extra pep in his step. Uh, Wentz did not play well at all. I Matt Ryan didn't play well. So neither quarterback was great. But there's still those are still two teams that will be a factor in the AFC, and those are two teams that if you're the Rams, if you're atop the NFC, those are two teams that you you don't want to see in the playoffs. Those are two veteran teams. Those are two teams. Philadelphia knows how to win. Atlanta has still has a lot a lot of great talent at certain positions. So you know, even though. I would say I, I would give a slight edge to the Rams, big picture over Philadelphia and uh, Atlanta. Those are two teams that will be definitely in the, in the mix for compete for their respective divisions and in the mix to make the playoffs. So overall, I think I thought it was a pretty good week. Um, week two for the NFL um, again, but again, the big news, the big story is the, the quarterbacking situation and the change. You know, it's. We're close. We're close to being. It's close to being a new day, a new era of quarterbacking in the NFL. A basically a, a no 
I, nothing weak in college football. I mean, you could have just not watched college football and not missed anything. Shout out to Temple. Temple for taking out Maryland. We knew Maryland. As soon as they had a little prosperity and was ranked, was gonna um, was gonna lose. I mean, so you just you could see that coming. But uh, again, Temple handles their business twenty and seventeen over Maryland. Uh, this week is a big week for college football. Notre Dame travels to Georgia and Athens. Um, Georgia is what, ranked third. Notre Dame is seventh. You have LSU and Texas A&M. That's a top 15 matchup. You have also, yeah, those are the two, Michigan and Wisconsin. It's a top, top, you know, I haven't been impressed with Michigan at all. We'll see what Wisconsin's made up. They haven't played anybody as of yet in these first couple games, so they get their first live look at a legit top 15, top 20. So, you know, maybe Michigan's not even top 20, but they are ranked, so, but they haven't been impressive at all for the first two weeks of the season. So you get your first major week of college football in terms of multiple matchups, uh, multiple big time um, matchups. So in regards to power, uh, episode four, I would say power is back to being respect respectability. Now, again, I you know I have a certain ceiling of expectation with power. You know, never compared to the wire and shows like that. But the last two episodes. Have been somewhat intriguing. Fifty Cent directed the last episode three. Had a lot of action, some plot, not plot twists, but some some storylines that you know somewhat piqued your interest. This episode was a lot going on. Um, to a point to where I think they might they have two main storylines in it. Um, I don't know where they're going with the Maria Suarez. Well, we know. I mean, he's putting Ghost is probably going to kill her, but to me, they've kind of wasted time in terms of teasing that storyline basically since the end of season four um <clears throat> it was basically it was almost like i'm you know nothing in terms of season five they barely used her in season five so you know all of a sudden ghosts you know i find it funny, funny with ghost and tasha that tasha who once she found out ghost was cheating on her it basically was a free fall for any dude to just Hit, to just go after Tasha and, and you know, one night stand Tasha, basically. I like, now Tasha has morals. I I don't know. I like, I, I kind of a contradiction as far as the character goes, as far as you know, if anything, like now would be the time for Tasha to, to be dotting out here. But, you know, now Tasha, you know, Tasha's wholesome now. And Ghost, who has killed. Any 30, 40, 50, 30 or 40, 50 people. Now, you know, he's talking to the ghost of Anne, talking to Angela, and now wants to be a better person. This is, of course, this is, by the way, in the same episode, <laughs> in the same episode that he, again, failed to, to kill Tommy, which I, again, this is where power, this is where people who criticize power, you know, criticize power will have fun. Ghost drives the truck. Hits his truck square on into an ambulance. Gets out the truck, no harm, no, you know, perfectly fine. Takes about six shots up close and doesn't hit, doesn't, doesn't even wound. No, no, no forget about let alone killing anybody. Doesn't even remotely come close to hitting anybody. So, but again, that's what you got to love about you. You have to love the entertainment aspect of the power. It does keep you entertained. Uh, Proctor break Proctor breaks bad. I mean, again, I saw that coming from weeks ago. There was no way that Proctor's ex crackhead wife was going to outwit him. 
you know, that, that just wasn't going to happen. So that wasn't a surprise um, whatsoever. So we got a couple things going on. You know, Tyreek, you know, Tyreek is um, finally gets a taste of, of what, you know, trying to be a kingpin is like. Like now he's being used by, you know, by uh, Tommy's peoples or formerly Tommy's father's peoples as far as, you know, as far as the mob. So we'll see what they do. We'll see, see what they do with that. But the, the whole ghost versus Tommy thing is is not working. It's just not. You cannot sell me. I, I'm just not buying Ghost versus Tommy. I'm just not. Again, this is a change from from the beginning of the season where I was like, okay, let's see how it works out. Season three, they really didn't want to kill each other. Or Tommy Ghost never wanted to kill Tommy, but Tommy, you know, was getting second thoughts about trying to kill Ghost and really didn't want to do it and end up, you know, taking out Holly because she, he thought that she killed Ghost. Or he thought that, um, yes, he thought that she had to hit out on Ghost. So he you know, actually did thought that, that he thought that Ghost was dead. But, I, you know, I'm not, I just can't buy the Ghost versus Tommy. I just can't. It's just not, it's not working for me right this season at all. At all. So we'll see what happens with Dre. Dre, Dre, Dre actually keeps, Dre actually added, Juice to the show in episode three. I'll be honest with you. This show, the first two episodes were horrible. Dre's character, he's he does Dre does so much scheming and double crossing, and you kind of lose track of at, at who who's Dre, you know, who Dre who Dre is actually for. I mean, we know he's about himself, but he's trying, you know, Dre's trying to set up everybody at the same time. So that's actually somewhat entertaining to watch. Um, this new dude with Tasha, a lot. I don't know what his angle is. He might. He could just be a creep. He, I don't think he's the feds. Like I, I, I'm not sure, and I don't think they have enough time to kind of have this secret dude come out of nowhere and be some long lost brother of an old character that got killed, uh, like Ray Ray or somebody like that. I don't think they just have enough storyline, enough time. But um, he was very creepy, very creepy dude. Um, I don't know. I don't know what they're gonna do with him. I'd be honest. With you. I don't know what. His role is going to be um, in this with this situation. The thing to watch out for is what they what they're going to what are they going to do with Simon Stern and Councilman Tate. So Councilman Tate, um, who you know this whole dynamic where you know he's sleeping with the uh, the wife of his campaign manager, like what where are they going to go with that direction? But listen. After the first after the first two episodes, if you were off it, I couldn't blame you if you hadn't been following it for the first five five seasons. The last two episodes have kind of stabilized the ship. Now we'll see what they do in episode five. It's called uh, King's Gambit. Um, I didn't, I didn't have a problem with the Angela flashback, not flashbacks, but with the Angela. You know, if that's where if that's his way of. Um, that is that is his way of grieving, then grieving. So be it. So you there you go with with uh, power snowfall. I didn't get a chance to talk about snowfall. Uh, didn't do a podcast this weekend, but uh, the season finale of snowfall last week was was brilliant. And, and again, those of you who are going to complain that you didn't get this knots landing, this Dallas who shot Jr. That's the beauty of the show. The show is patient. The show is is artistic. The show. It's very tricky doing a season finale because what you have to do is not only do you have to close out a season, but you also have to drop some drop some um, stuff that you also have to lead into the next season. So that's always tricky with a season finale. 
um, wrapping it up for, for a season's finale. I thought they did a brilliant job of, of just showing what could have happened and the systemic systemic racism with Franklin. You know, he should have went to college to hold the money. And then, you know, last 30 minutes, he actually, he actually got shot. Um, and now, you know, he's back. He's in the game, but not all the way in the game. And now, we, you know, we'll see what... We'll see what he. I think he'll fully grow. He'll fully become a, a, just a straight up kingpin, uh, Michael Corleone. Like I feel next season. I feel that that's coming. I feel that's coming. So I, again, I had no problem with how they wrapped it up, um, how they broke it apart into in basically basically two episodes into one. Again, this show is not about trying to get you to watch every single scene as if something crazy is going to happen as like, it's not a, it is not it is a, the show is a oven show. It's not a microwave show. They actually let storylines develop. They let plots, things like that develop over the course of time. There's not, there's nothing rushed about the show. That's what I love about the show. So without giving too much away, I've already given enough. I'm looking forward for looking forward to season four. Now we'll see what happens with no John Singleton. We'll see what happens with that. Um, and again, that was a nice tribute they gave, they gave him, showing him, showing a young filmmaker shooting, um, shooting, shooting film or trying to make movies. That that was clearly in, in a, a, a a tribute and an ode to uh, the late and great John Singleton. But again, I, I think Power, I think Snowfall is the best show on television right now. I really do. Uh, I think it's just is the is to me the best show on television. Without question, um, so I strongly recommend it. Now it's over. Season three is in the books. Now it's time. It'll be time to binge and, and uh, catch up on it. That's going to wrap it up for this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast. We got through with no fire alarms, nothing to stop the podcast. As always, this is the Real Deal Podcast. You can catch me anytime on uh, YouTube on my YouTube. Um, Go to my YouTube page, subscribe to my YouTube channel, Real Deal Podcast. This is the Real Deal Podcast. Tell me like it is with no apologies. Thanks for listening. I'm out. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.